Hello? Hello? I can't hear myself at all now. Okay, Rich, you got something to tell me. So, Paul, we're going to share more wisdom. I like wisdom. And this wisdom is pretty universal. Management's hard. Yeah. Management and managing people and exerting your influence on people is very hard. It is. And there is a particular shortcut. There's two ways to do it, right? And and this, I think we're almost stepping out of technology here, but technology is a great playground to talk this through. There's two ways to get to the right thing. If you are a manager or a leader of any sort, you are thinking about things at a certain altitude by virtue of being where you're at, and then you make some calls. But ideally, you're not making every call. Otherwise, it wouldn't function, right? You have people, you have a team, and they're making calls. But every so often, you need to make a call. And that call has reasons behind it. Look, there are people who are jerks who just like to exert power and flex their muscles and show that they can tell you what to do. Brush those aside. If you're one of those people, stop listening to this podcast. But if you are someone that's thought it through, that is thinking about the strategy and how to distill the strategy down into actual decisions and moving them along, you've got one of two choices. One, you can sit down, Mm -hmm. share your rationale, Mm -hmm. talk through how to get there, Mm -hmm. and build consensus to then take that and let that drive some sort of a plan of some sort. Okay? Okay. That's one way. Another way is to not bother really sharing the rationale. You hope that people can kind of connect the dots. And you say, I want the thing, Mm -hmm. and I want it next Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Now, we live in interesting times, Paul. Consensus and discussion and dialogue around decisions are really important. But as a leader, right? Sometimes you actually want to apply a little pressure and Mm -hmm. that can be really scary. Is this an intervention? No, it's not an intervention. Okay, just checking. Yeah. And applying that pressure means a few things, right? It means first off, there's less dialogue, actually. There's a little less back and forth and you're, you are probably the person, look, the world's changing pretty fast, but you're probably the person who's going to do the review and maybe determine a bonus. Right. That's real, Right. right? Like that's, you can call it power or influence, but it is, it is real. I think just call it power. It's power. It's power. Yeah. So there's less dialogue. And what it is, it's backed by money. It's partly backed by authority, but literally it's backed by money. It's backed by money. Yeah. Right. Now there are certain people out there who are able to do that. And the people who work for them just want to see them succeed. They just have a particular personality and and a particular approach. It's like, look, if this is going to help you, I want to help you. Like, It's not even ass kissing. It's not even for the bonus. They're just connected to that leader. That to me is a leader I envy. There are very few of them, but they do exist. And sometimes they actually exert force that way. They actually Mm -hmm. put pressure, but don't create anxiety or resentment. It's like, of course, of course, we're going to do this. We'll do this for you. Of course, we'll do this for you. And very few, very few, very few. And you know what? The world knows what to do with them. What does it do with them? Meaning that you don't just sit around and hope one of those shows up. Like everybody's on the lookout for them. 
Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't. There, just, there, there are not many. You them. can't hire them. They're hard to find. Like they're just. We're talking like a very small number of people in leadership or power roles. Yes. I felt that actually the last president we had had a lot of that going. People wanted to see him do well. Yeah. And worked hard for his towards his mission, even though sometimes they didn't know exactly why a certain call got made, they're going to go execute on it. And they, they might not even agree. They're just like, okay, it's his agenda. I'm here to help. I think that's right. And I think he has that rare quality, actually. Where and, and he had the presidency. It's a good combination. It's a good combination to have both of those things. That's right. Well, you compare him well. to the new president where the narrative, even from the people in the White House, is like, I am serving the presidency. I have really mixed feelings about this guy. Right. right? So it's just... That's a story everybody knows. Who's Anxiety, mm-hmm. fear. But they're like, I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve the mission. That's right. That's right. So as a leader, it's tricky, right? I mean, you 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 actually sometimes just need the thing. And the other bit of this, and this is where kind of technology comes in, is sometimes you know exactly or generally, pretty accurately, what it's going to take to get the thing. Technologists, uh, yeah, the analogy I love to use is the prescription. You ever see a prescription? Sure can't read it. Mm-hmm. In essence, there is a wall right. between you and really understanding the depths and the complexities around a thing. Mm-hmm. When I was like 25, mm-hmm. I took nine months off from the job I had, 26, and learned to program just enough. My goal was just enough so that when someone gave me an estimate, I could understand how they got there or I could push back. I just didn't want to get bullshit, essentially. Yeah. Okay. So you're good at estimation. Thank you. It's actually one of your, I mean, like that's probably the number one thing I've learned from you, like in terms of running this business day to day. Thank you. It's how to safely estimate an engagement. I wish it was a, a more compelling thing to get a compliment over, but estimation is pretty hot. <laughs> it's the days. number one risk to our business. <laughs> no, fair. bad estimation could sink us in a minute. Yes, it can. So you're a manager, you know, the thing takes three weeks. Mm-hmm. You just got a six-week quote, mm-hmm. and you know it could just take get done with two resources, but five have been put on it. What do you do? At my best or at my worst? Oh, there's your title for the podcast. Right. <laughs> so first of all, I mean, let me just counter a little bit. When I, when I used to think about what it would be like to manage, yeah. I imagine like a 1970s South American Republic where they had that, they were going all cyber and they would have these like control chairs and like the minister of economics would sit there and and he'd go we need to increase grain yields 22 percent and he would type something into like a, <laughs> that's a te- management a telegram right yeah. and it would go out and it would be yeah. you know that work out that way that's what i thought that was my fantasy and actually and i think it was partly my fantasy because even though i've been up and down and as an employee i was really up and down I was always a pretty good lieutenant. You'd be like, Paul, I need to execute on these five things. And yeah. I would say, I appreciate that clarity. Chick, 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 chick. Yeah. I like to put it all on a spreadsheet with a lot of boxes. Right. So I thought that's what I wanted. And I thought that that's what would be real. It's not like that. It's not as simple as herding cats either. It's not like any of those metaphors. No. But you are always caught between, do I mentor this person and give them a model of thinking that they can apply? Or... Do I tell them what I need to get done and assume that they will figure it out later? Whether they do or not, you get your thing. You're saying, <laughs> I need the thing done. Hopefully. Yeah. I need so, the box by Friday or whatever. Now, one of the tools, okay, you get that time frame. You get the four weeks. I've seen you do it. I've seen you react to it. 
My reaction is much, sometimes if I'm being passive aggressive and at my worst, I say, I'm going to help. Do you go in? If I go in, they won't let me go in. Oh, no, no. You're not supposed to go in. No, everybody What are you doing in there? That's real bad. You're not supposed to go in. If I start hacking around, if I'm like, I'll write some JavaScript. Yeah, we're talking about code now. You're you're in and you're committing code. Not good. That's me at my worst. At my worst, I'm like, well, if it's going to take that long, I bet I really want it. I better pull up my sleeves. I show show everybody that I'm on the floor with them. That's the equivalent of a baseball manager putting on a mitt and saying, I'll do third base. We got to get this going. Absolute destruction. Destruction. And it is passive aggressive at best, and I suck at it. And it's it's a it's a terrible thing to do. You don't do that. What There's I need, a don't. No, don't. This wisdom. The right way to do that is to say, that is too long for what we need to get done. It will be hard to justify the project, and we need to cut scope or else find other efficiencies and speed. And the way you actually make that work is you, I think we've done this here to a degree, you build a culture of speed and execution. Like that's where you start. Okay. You start two years ago or three okay. years ago and you say speed is a virtue here and being able to do things quickly and make mistakes and move fast is a virtue. And iterate. That's yeah. right. Now, does that land? No, not as much as it needs to. You know, it doesn't get there 100% of the time. 60% of the time, yes. And, so, and what you need is that culture. In, you need a culture. That's the thing. That's the kernel that everybody has to understand that when they come to you and say four to six weeks and you say, actually, it needs to be three that that is not an, a ridiculous, dangerous, career-destroying request. Yes. And that you know what reality really looks like. That if they come back and say, nope, damn it, I did everything I could. I cannot squeeze this any further. I am going to back down. Yeah. If they, yeah. If they truly have done the work, show it to me and say, I just don't think you're going to be able to get that yeah. in that amount of time. Yeah. I'm going to back down. Paul, yeah, we have a lot of fans that listen to this podcast. Thousands of people listen to which this is, podcast. Which is really great. Which is really great. But you know what? They don't see our faces. No, and that's why it's a successful podcast. Arguably. Yeah. But we also like doing it in front of people and, and sharing the experience. We, and like, actually, we like doing the podcast. <laughs> we like doing the podcast in front of people. Thank you. Opening it up to questions, having a little more dialogue, and then talking to people afterwards. Do you know how we are able to pull that off? We have an office at 101 Fifth Avenue. In New York City. That's right. And on April 11th at 6 p.m., uh, you're welcome to join us. We're having a little uh, live recording of Track Changes in, right in the office of Postlight. We're going to talk about business. So come by. It'll go off the rails. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. And then there'll be some drinks and, and food. some hanging out. Okay. So visit postlight.com slash events. You know, some, uh, one of the things I love to do. If I can, of course. Um, sometimes we tie deliverables around this thing that we can't control. Events are really good, right? Events are great. Oh, right? We're having a party in uh, May. April 11. I got to show something. Now, what happened? Like, it's it's let's let's like dive into that for a second. What happened there? There's this external force showed up that has nothing to do with any of the personalities in the room that has just landed and hit us on the head. Well, this is because we're, we don't have that magical type of personality that everybody is desperate to please. or in That, the, that one we started the show with? Yeah. yeah. Neither of us are that person. <laughs> no, so, so it's we're just trying like, to get by. <laughs> they want our approval, you know, but they, nobody wants, yeah, nobody's like, I will move heaven and earth. To get just the merest hint of a smile on Ruziati's face. No one has ever oh, said that. Let, let's back it up. Your children don't say There that. are people here who want to 
what's the word? Well, maybe you're right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's just not who we are. You got to admit straight up. I was talking to someone who owns a consulting firm the other day and he just went, God, I remember, I'm just terrible at my job. <laughs> he owns the firm? He <laughs> just owns. Yeah, there of course. Go. Of course. Yeah. I will say this. I want to pivot now to the person. We've been talking about managers as mm-hmm. if only managers listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. I want to share a piece of advice for the person that has a manager. And that is- well, Wait, before you do that, okay. what do you do? What do I do? Hey, Rich. I know you said you need this in three weeks. It's going to be six and we need four people because I, I, there's just so many reasons. I, I and, and this is probably a flaw. I go into a mode where I just, I signal much less sympathy and I say- I see. You fold I, your arms. I want the thing. I want it next Friday and that might take, and talk to me about what is involved. And I'm not insane. I'm not unreasonable, but I also know very well what it's going to take. But also, by the way, a lot of it is well-meaning. Sometimes it's like, well, I, we got to get it to work in opera. You know, they, they've just, uh, they've already, you know, sort of, formulated all these other requirements that have not that aren't necessary out of the gate right? i mean this is what we want people to to learn and maybe we should talk about the the person on the other side of the table right but it really is a negotiation like if you firmly believe that anything less than six weeks completely is a risk then you have to come back to me and say we got to cut scope yes and then work on that together like we don't want to fail and be humiliated in the public in public None of us do. We're aligned. All of us are aligned in that sense, right? But there's also 20 some years of experience here at getting things out the door in a set of instincts that eh, we could probably, there's always going to be something on the table, right? There's always going to be something. On the table. I have seen projects where you're going to put one word on one web page, go for six months. I mean, it's just like it, people, software can stretch yeah. out a million different ways. Yeah. yeah. And we're talking right now and there are large organizations and bless their hearts but it takes eight months to do anything. Oh, yeah. I mean, just anything. Well, here's what happens. And by the way, we are Postlight at 101 Fifth Avenue. Come on by. And if you want to retain us for eight months straight, we're down. Mm-hmm. Look, because what happens is they go, well, did we consider internationalization? And did we talk to Sue? And did, you know. Some it of just... it's real, like, compliance, ugly legal shit that just Absolutely. has to get has to get adhered to and whatnot. I will, I, I will say something about us that I think was a really smart thing that we did, which was we took time as a metric of success out of Postlight. Your ability to stay longer, because mo- for many agencies, if you stay longer, you make more money. Yeah, we don't actually respect that grind very much. No, we uh, don't. In fact, we... We try to explain it to prospects that we don't think it's the best way to go about it. We see it as a symptom of something going wrong. If if I'm here, sometimes I'm here late and it's, it's sometimes it's for work. Sometimes it's not. And if I see someone here at seven or 8 PM, something's wrong. Well, I think that's an extreme. Not always, but if it's like over and over, it's a launch, if it's something. Sure. People have worked on weekends. Like there is stuff that happens, but we tend to compensate them for their time. Let them take time off. Like we're pretty careful about keeping the time banked because the absolute focus, here's what we don't do. And this is what a lot of agencies do. You don't get to wait until the last two weeks and then say, I'm going to really put my shoulder down and get this done. No, you can't. That's what creative firms do that a lot. Yeah. Oh, hey, And then, and what? What that leads to is a culture of martyrdom yeah. where people get to show how just how much they're willing to suffer. But they don't suffer for the first month. They suffer for the last week. Yes. 
And that's yes. just like, I don't I don't know that world very well, but I do. Yeah, I mean, it's I, just, that makes sense to me. Yeah, because it's a creative process. Well, and then they're and like, blah, oh, blah, I couldn't blah. get it done. And you're like, well, now and then everyone's there at two in the morning eating Chinese pizza. Food, yeah, yeah. 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 Whole like scene. getting the deck done. Yeah. You know, one thing that was fun, I used to work in an agency and it was just Tuesday was always late night day. Like it was, you would just kind of really, yeah, you would just stay until eight or nine on Tuesday. Are people just enjoying that though? Well, it was just like Tuesday, we're just going to all hang out and kind of clean up everything, mm. like just get all the messes mm. out. Like that's there, not terrible. There is something like at eight o'clock, that one proposal or that pitch or that thing that you're supposed to be working on is somehow less embarrassing because you're just kind of all hanging out and you're like, I, I haven't yeah. even started that. And yeah, they're like, yeah. Yeah, well, you better start it. And you're like, yeah. okay, okay. Right. <laughs> and, just, right. and you're eating a nice dinner that you got through takeout. Like it just somehow it takes the temperature down. And then the rest of the nights are your own. Okay, let's switch it around. You're on the other side of the table. You're mean-spirited, selfish, completely out of touch with reality boss has just said, I want it in three weeks, not six. Yes. What should you do? The best advice I can give, and I'm allowed to give advice now because I'm an older gentleman. Mm-hmm is pause and think about the motivations of where that pressure, what are the motivations that are creating that pressure? Unless you have someone that's very sort of paranoid and distrustful, who doesn't believe you're working hard or is just a jerk, there are motivators. The the motivators, I mean, I'll give you an example. There is a potential follow-on project at Client X if we deliver this in earlier but in time for a conference they want to show it at or even more so we need to stay on this cadence because there's other work coming down the pipe it's all going to start to back up what are those motivators if you pause and think about those motivators then a you start to empathize more with why you're getting that pressure and b and this is the bigger one you can actually have dialogue when you're talking to your leader or your manager about that pressure it actually opens up the manager's thinking to some extent. And you know what they start to see? In you, a leader. You know why though? You do that. Here's the key. And I actually, I kind of lock this for people on the other side of the table. You are team slash discipline oriented. You're oriented around being a designer, an engineer, a product manager, a data analyst, yes. a, a business analyst. The person on the other side of the table making the unreasonable demand is business oriented. That's they right. might come from your discipline. Yes. They might have empathy for it. But they are reacting not to the goals and needs of the discipline, but to the goals and needs of the business that they have agreed to internalize in exchange for like money and privilege and to have part of their life ruined. That's right. By the company. That's right. Okay. So you're there going like, this is not how you do design. This is not what good engineering looks like. Correct. And they're going, I get it, but there's probably something in between. Yeah. You touched on this with different words, but what happens with leadership is you're willing to put aside some of your own personal motivations and allow in the motivations of the organization. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's, it's a little weird sounding because a motivation, you know, an organization doesn't have motivations, but it very much does. Well, it's very what... clear, actually. Survival and thriving and, and growing are real motivations. And if you're locked into those and those are the drivers for you, then that's real. This is sounding very like airport management book, but, but man, this is the fun. It's real shit. because I can't pay you to be a good, thoughtful engineer unless the work keeps coming in. Now, if it's all compromise, it's really bad. But if it's compromise, sometimes you should definitely go with it and try to help them get there. Yes. If everything they're saying, if you came here to be a JavaScript programmer and they're like, 
no, you're going to just do HTML and we're never going to really talk to you again. And I, I need it all tomorrow. You should quit that job. Yes. Right. But if they're saying mm, I, you're, you're really good and really talented, I just I need some help here. Yeah. Do whatever you can, because that's leadership. And it's, right. it's you stepping out of your discipline and the goals of your own careers and saying, let me help you. Now they're, and they're going to keep that in mind. That comes around. Yes, absolutely. That, that is leadership. It's just really, it's hard to articulate because when you are a designer or an engineer or a product manager or something and just starting out, what you do is you think, how do I become the best designer possible? I want to go to the right conferences. I want people over here to think that I'm really smart. I want my professors back at school to know that I'm doing really great work and I want to see myself my, and my stuff in the public marketplace, yep. right? Those are wonderful goals. We encourage them. We want people to like live their lives that way. But there's a point where you go, I, I can't worry about that right now. I have to be in a meeting in about two hours. Right, exactly. So that is the big negotiation. It is. And, and I see my blind spots as a manager and as a leader. I do. But I also know my strengths. And that's the other bit. A good manager, a good leader loves to cede control, loves to cede power because they actually want to fill in those spots. The ones that are like, all they do is think about their territory and their terrain and making sure they get credit for the thing down mm -hmm. the hall. I mean, whatever. They exist. There's a lot of them. There probably some are listening to this podcast. Whoever you are, you're probably not that person. You know what? Though? Let's be real. We work with, and I worked in the, in the past with tons of NGOs and not-for-profits, right? I mean, that's the relationships there. You go and do a piece of work and you have to then get a grant to continue on that path. Yes. That means you have to go between it before a board or an ultra high net worth individual and say, here's the path that we're on. Do they want to fund the low-level API or do they want to fund the beautiful app that millions of people will use? It's a trick question. They actually want to fund both. But the story you have to tell is on their level. They don't care about the, the, the granularity. Yes. And you can't make them care about it. You can only enter into an exchange with them and they say, you know what, this seems worth it. Right. And so it's negotiating that, right? Like a skilled person might actually be very territorial that way. Like I need to have this conversation and no, I don't need the head of design in that conversation or the head right. of engineering in that conversation. Right. So, so it's tricky. There are some aspects where a little bit of territorial territoriality and boundary defense and knowing who's talking to who is important. Yeah. It's, but regardless of whether it's important or not, it's human and it's not going away. No, it's not. But you know what, Rich, all this said, there's a really, really, really important thing. And, and it's actually, I'm going to go counter to everything we just said for one second. Uh oh, Don't overpromise. Don't go in there and say, I can get it for you in two weeks. Don't overpromise. Yep. Overdeliver. I mean, right. this sounds cheesy and obvious, like what we're saying right now, but it's like, okay. pause for a minute. And yeah. Stick to your, you know, if you think it's six weeks, walk in there with six weeks and then say, I need help shrinking it. I know there's some urgency. And they'll go, let me help you. Let's figure out what can come off the table. The, the worst thing to do is just put your feet in and say there's no negotiating. But the even worstest, worst thing to do is say no problem and then disappear. <laughs> you know, the other good move for the young employee would be like, I'm going to get this for you. And then goes on vacation. I've seen that. Oh, that's the best. They one. forgot to communicate it. It's yeah. just like, oh, yeah. I'm in. I'm, I'm in. Uh, that's a real thing. Yeah. I'm in Singapore. Yeah. So anyway, uh, you're all great. You're all working hard. Nobody. I, I'll tell you, it's, it's almost never laziness. 
Almost no. now, it's always just communication. And strangely, we have none of these problems at Postlight. Everything's great. Challenges, which is which means that we're an incredibly efficient, well-run organization that builds great apps and experiences. <laughs> I mean, we all have challenges. We just try to keep them in the open, and we do we do meet our ship dates. So yes. whatever we're doing, and as messed up and bad as any given day might be, most are pretty good, and we hit our ship dates. All right, Rich. Let's. If you have thoughts or feedback, this is a weird one, but it's a great topic for us. Uh, hello at postlight.com. Hello at postlight.com. Bye.